Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome indeed to this Friday edition of The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. And last Friday in October, can you believe it? Already, last Friday of October, heading into the last two months of the year. Now, do you ever like to look at things that have happened on whatever the day is throughout history, you know, what's happening here today, or uh, you might do something like that on your birthday. Who else was born on the same day that you were? Or what significant events happened on that same date? Well, since this Sunday is Halloween, I thought it might be interesting to look at some of the fascinating things that have occurred on October 31st throughout the years. One fairly recent event and this is according to the United Nations, the world population officially hit 7 billion inhabitants on Halloween in the year 2011, just 10 years ago. Last year, uh, on Halloween, the original James Bond, the actor, Sean Connery, he died on Halloween Day. Almost 100 years before that, Another famous individual died on Halloween as well. This is Harry Houdini, the magician, the escape artist. A few days before Halloween, Houdini, he had been attending a social event, and there was a young man who had heard about how Harry Houdini supposedly could take a direct hit, a full punch to his stomach, his gut, without flinching. And Houdini could indeed do this. He'd done it on many occasions, but He would prepare himself. He'd tighten his abdominal muscles to absorb the hit. But this young man, by the name of J. Gordon Whitehead, he snuck up on Houdini at this event and hit him four or five times in the stomach without any warning. And this led to a ruptured uh, appendix. And a few days later, on October 31st, in 1926, unfortunately, Harry Houdini died as a result of those injuries. Another interesting item associated with Halloween, 1941. There was a famous sculpture that was only partially completed, but it was declared by the U.S. Congress to be finished as of October 31st of that year. Any ideas on this one? Mount Rushmore. Originally that iconic landmark, it was supposed to feature all four presidents carved into that mountainside, and it was supposed to be from the waist up. Not just their heads, but the sculptor, he died in 1941, and along with that, the U.S. was anticipating that it was very likely they'd be pulled into World War II, and in fact, that did happen later that same year. So the decision was made that the work in progress of Mount Rushmore National Memorial, it was declared finished. And that's why, when you look at it, the Washington part of the carving, it has sort of clothes and this vague shape of his upper torso, while you look at Lincoln there on the far side, and his head is barely peeking out of the side of the mountain there. It's unfinished, but according to Congress, it was finished. In 
Now, in 1982, Halloween had fell on a Sunday, just like it will this year. And on that Halloween Sunday, back in 1982, Pope John Paul II, now St. John Paul II, he became the first pope to ever visit the country of Spain. Can you believe that? As close as Spain is to Italy, first time that a pope visited Spain was 1982. Another big event that happened in church history on Halloween, this goes back several centuries ago, the year 1517. This is the day that a German monk made a number of official complaints about the Catholic Church. You know him. His name is Martin Luther. And as the story goes, he nailed this document, his 95 Theses, nailed it to the door of the Wittenberg Castle Church on October 31st, there in that year of 1517. And of course, out of that came many splinters of Protestant groups, including the Lutheran Church. And do you remember, do you know the history of one of the main complaints that Martin Luther had with the Catholic Church at that time? One of the big ones, he took issue with indulgences offered at that time and what he saw as corruption within the Catholic Church. And so today, we thought it would be an appropriate day, looking ahead to Halloween, that anniversary of that, thought it would be a good day to talk about what indulgences are. There can be a lot of confusion surrounding indulgences, and so we want to clear up any of that confusion, and we want to know how we receive an indulgence, along with how, when we receive one, how it's supposed to help us grow stronger in our faith. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour as we look at indulgences today here on The Inner Life. Father Matthew Witter is back with us once again. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. He's the pastor of St. John Newman, of St. Williams, of St. Joseph's, and St. Mary's parishes in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And Father Matthew, welcome back to The the Inner Life today. Every time I read off all four of those parishes, (laughs) I always think, man... He has got to be a busy, busy fellow, <laughs> just running oh, back and forth from, from uh, parish to parish. Uh, many so, different things, great parishes, like many of the priests uh, that are on yep, multiple parishes and, and great people at all the parishes. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you back here today, Father. And so let's, you know, let's dive into indulgences here. Um, first of all, big yep. point of contention, like I said, for Martin Luther back in 1517, somebody might hear us talking about indulgences and ask, why, why even bother? Is, is, is this something that is really even relevant for a modern Catholic in the 21st century? Yep. And so how would you respond to that? Yeah, I, just to follow up with that, I think some people might even be listening now and say, indulgences? We still have indulgences? Right, <laughs> I yeah. thought that left with you know, the, the St. Peter's Basilica and Martin Luther. I thought indulgences are are, are kind of off the, the spiritual platter of, of a Catholic, and maybe for some to find out just the opposite uh, might be a bit surprising. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to, to open the show, and especially with October 31st, it's a good, um, it's a good conversation point and a, and a good uh, kind of reflection point, because indulgences can truly help us uh, in our spiritual journey in many ways, and also in understanding indulgences, we can understand uh, the process of purification and growing in, in relationship and holiness, uh, as we're called to, to all do. So maybe we can dive a little bit into that history, if you don't mind, Father, here, uh, because uh, there, there's, there's the big question, why did Martin Luther have an issue with indulgences? And unless you've gone back and read the history 
of what occurred there with him, what was happening, as you mentioned, with St. Peter's Basilica, Pope Leo X. Um, can you kind of paint the picture of why this even became an issue back in the 1500s? So at that point, we were in the process of building, to this day, one of the greatest treasures for Catholics and for all of Christendom, really, a symbol of, of Christ's presence in, in St. Peter's Basilica. And there was not a lot of money. And one of the things that, that kind of came up to, to raise money was, was the indulgences. Now, the misperception was, was that you know, sometimes the, the way you want things to be said is not actually how it's said. And part of that, that was is that you know, by buying an indulgence, by, by paying money, our, our sins were going to be forgiven through simply buying this indulgence. Now, then the money taken from the indulgences was taken to, to build St. Peter's. Now, a couple problems with that. First of all, even uh, indulgences, as we've got to talk about nowadays, indulgences do not forgive sins. Indulgences do not forgive sins, do not forgive sins, do not forgive sins. It was presented that, what, that way by some, which is a major, major red flag, because indulgences, as we'll, we'll lay out even more in the show, they, they, what, they, what they help uh, remit is the temporal punishment due to sin, already forgiven, <laughs> already forgiven. That's, that's the huge part. So just to, to lay that, that part out, but then the second part of it, and this is, this is an important thing, of sometimes things kind of get misshaped a little bit. We know, we always hear it on, on Ash Wednesday, for example, three kind of powerful spiritual practices, prayer, fasting, and, of course, what we don't always like to talk about, money, almsgiving, right. you know, giving. And so this was not simply a, a donation just, you know, so the, so the Pope can do whatever. It's, it's, it was for the building of one of the greatest treasures that we have to this day. And, and almsgiving is a spiritual practice that, you know, giving money in and of itself is not, it's not a bad thing. Um, in fact, Jesus even connects uh, in talking to the Pharisees, you know, give alms and all things will be clean for you. And so there is a, sometimes even that, that giving of money, we're like, oh, money, yikes. But, but remember, this is one of the key spiritual practices. Interestingly enough, nowadays, the indulgences that we'll, we'll kind of talk about later, there are no indulgences related to money for this very part that it's so easy to get um, kind of a misperception in there. But that maybe in a, in a broad sense kind of lays out uh, a couple of the issues at least. Yeah, you know, one of the other things that I think might be important to kind of clear up on Martin Luther and what happened, he didn't just have issues with indulgences. He sure. had yep. uh, many ideas and teachings yep. of his own that didn't line up with the deposit of faith that had been handed down from the apostles. And what had also been clarified then in subsequent church councils, and I don't want to make this kind of a, a you know, beat up on Martin Luther moment here, but it is historical record. He uh, wanted to remove four different books from the New Testament scriptures, and thankfully those didn't get taken out for our Protestant brothers and sisters, um, but he wanted to remove them because they didn't agree with his take on theology. He also taught that humans are saved by faith alone, and that's something that's never stated in scripture. Uh, he also thought that everything should be defined in Scripture, something that the Bible doesn't ever say, and something the Church has never held to, that you, you have to find everything we believe only in the pages of Scripture. So there are some underlying problems, some serious problems, with many things that came from Luther's protest against the Catholic Church, but it obviously resonated with a large number of people. But it also led to, you know, we hear a lot about the Reformation. There was also a counter-reformation that the Catholic Church undertook because of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, 
and you're exactly right. Some of the the issues that were raised helped to, 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 to exactly kind of reclarify exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and, and was a moment of purification and renewal, not changing, you know, changing church teaching, but restating uh, in an even clearer way in the sense of this is exactly what the, the church does teach. So, Father, with kind of that background, now let's just talk about what is an indulgence. And you used a couple of phrases. You said, number one, an indulgence does not forgive sin. Exactly. And it remits temporal punishment or consequences. So can you just talk to us about what is an indulgence of itself? Yep. So through our sin, there's there's two different kind of really punishments, to use that word. I know punishment isn't a word we like to use, but that sense of the eternal punishment of when we commit a mortal sin, we've completely cut ourselves off from, from God's grace. We're not in the state of grace. If we were to die at that moment, we would not uh, be able to make it into heaven. And so there's the eternal punishment, and then there's also the temporal punishment. Temporal punishment is that sense of that, that we're often attached too much to the things of earth, maybe sinful habits, um, that need to be purified. And so confession, what is the regular way when we go to get the sacrament of reconciliation and we make a good confession? The eternal punishment is, is forgiven. That sense of if we die, we are, we are going to, to heaven. Um, the, the Lord has forgiven our sins. So it's, it's confession that, that, abs- that, that actually forgives our sins. Now that temporal punishment, that temporal punishment is is that second part. We say, "Yikes! What, like, what what is this about?" And you know, maybe an example to talk about temporal punishment is is the sense of it's probably it's happened to every single person listening. I, if, if we're being honest, we can go to confession and we can make a good confession. And let's say maybe for example, one of the things that we we might confess is let's use it as an example: anger towards you know a family member or a coworker, and we make a good confession. We sincerely. Um, are sorry for it, we make a good confession, our sins are forgiven, praise God. But then how often does it happen, though, that we know that within our heart, the root of that, uh, that kind of sin is still there, and the very next opportunity that we might have to be angry, all of a sudden, like, we feel that, that attachment there kind of bubble up. And, even, and, and so in, in that moment, in that moment, our sins are forgiven, but we're still attached, we're still attached to, to sin. And when we think of heaven, and we think of the glory of heaven, you know, there is no sin, obviously no sin that exists in heaven or any attachment to sin. And so we realize then that, that, that temporal punishment is, is that sense of even the, like, the attachment that we have for sin, maybe that desire that we have to sin, even when our sins are forgiven, that needs to be, that needs to be um, rooted out. And so maybe even a better way of even looking at the, the word punishment is that sense of healing. And so it's the, the temporal punishment and, and what do indulgences do and what does the life of faith do is, is it helps us to heal and to break through, break free from the, the temporal punishment that, that our sins um, merit, unfortunately. Well, and, you know, as you also say, the concept of punishment there, we might have kind of a, a twisted way of understanding how that word is used in the Church, especially in regards to God, because the Catechism explains when it talks about these two different consequences, the eternal punishment and the temporal punishment. It talks about how um, the punishment, it says, and this is paragraph 1472, it says, these two punishments must not be conceived of as a kind of vengeance inflicted by God from without, but as following from the very nature of sin. So maybe, can you help us understand what it means when we read those words, nature of sin? 
Yeah, so nature, nature has, the nature of sin, sin kind of, how do we say it, it kind of twists the divine nature that, that lives within us. Sin has a way of kind of disorienting our, our, our spiritual vision. It, 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 can, it disorients our appetites, um, tearing them away from, from, from our Lord uh, into kind of deeper trust in, in the things of earth and, and different desires that, that are not of God, that are not of, of the, the, the love of God. And so there's this, this battle that we, that we face within us. And, and what does Jesus wish to do? Jesus wishes uh, to heal us. Jesus wishes to bring healing, and he wishes to kind of set our, our appetites, to use that word, to, to recalibrate uh, our nature to the nature that, 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 we, that we claim through baptism, uh, which is the divine life um, which in a, within ourselves. And so it's this, this sense of, of purification, and it's this sense of, of healing, of reorienting our... our you know, sin has consequences. We know sin has con- consequences. And we're forgiven of our sin as we make a good confession, but then there's that, that kind of the process after of, of kind of, of, of healing. And sometimes that process of healing um, takes a little bit longer. If someone, you know, had a, had a surgery, for example, like, you know, maybe you know, a hip replacement or something with, with a knee, and, and the doctor could do the surgery and it could be a successful surgery. But then after that, you've got to follow up with, you know, physical therapy probably and, and to kind of repair, repair and, and to heal. Our spiritual director today here on the program, Father Matthew Witter, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. As we talk about indulgences, understanding what they are and how we receive indulgences, how they help our spiritual lives, our spiritual journey, our connection to Christ and the Church. And when have you prayed, done the different uh, steps that are necessary to receive an indulgence, and has receiving that indulgence, has it allowed you to experience freedom from those past sins, to, to be able to have that healing that Father is talking about, have that fresh start, uh, maybe in a relationship here on earth, but especially with Christ and the Church. And maybe as we're talking about indulgences, there's something you don't understand, or there's something that's confusing for you, and you have a question. And that's why Father is here. Our studio line open for your call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, we're going to take a, a quick pause in the program here, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk about a couple of different things that we hear in regards to indulgences. We hear about plenary indulgences, and we hear about partial indulgences. We'll talk about that coming up next here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. So glad to have you listening during this hour of The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And I want to also remind you that coming up next week, we have, uh, as November starts off, 
November 1st, of course, All Saints Day. November 2nd is All Souls Day, and the month of November dedicated to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. And here at Relevant Radio, we'd like to invite you to join as together we're going to pray a novena for all of our departed loved ones. And you can join in with this. Uh, We're going to pray during Mass at noon central, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy at 3 p.m. central, and the Family Rosary Across America every evening at 7 o'clock central. And you can submit the names of anybody that you would like to be remembered in prayer. You can do that at relevantradio.com slash souls. And it, uh, it doesn't matter how many names you want to submit. You can add a few. You can add dozens. Uh, they all need our prayers, right? And so anybody that you would like remembered, any uh, friend or family member that's passed away, and you'd like them remembered in prayer during those times, during November 2nd and the nine days f- uh, from November 2nd through November 10th, uh, you can go and do that. Again, relevantradio.com. You can also do it through the Relevant Radio app. You'll see a banner where you can click on that, and you can uh, put those names in there. And again, we'll pray together. Mass at noon central, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy with Drew Mariani at 3 o'clock central in the afternoon, and then with Father Rocky on the Family Rosary Across America at 7 p.m. central. I hope you will join us for that. Our spiritual director on the program today, Father Matthew Witter. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and pastor of four different parishes in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And we're talking about indulgences. And what are indulgences? And how do we receive them? What do they mean for us? How do they help us in our spiritual life? And maybe you have received an indulgence in the past, and how have you experienced that healing that Father Matthew, he was talking about right before the break? Maybe you have some questions about indulgences, something that you've been wondering, or something that seems confusing to you. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, And Father, right before the break, I said, uh, it'd be good for us to talk about a couple of different categories of indulgences that we might hear about from time to time. One is a plenary indulgence, and one is a partial indulgence. Can you explain the difference for us on these? Yep, so it's a great question as we kind of delve deeper into this this topic. And remember, we're talking about the, the temporal punishment regarding sin. We talked about that just before the the break as well. There's the eternal punishment, which is which is that's the, the forgiveness of sins that Jesus is he, he wipes away as we make a good confession. Um, but then the temporal punishment is that that attachment to sin and that that punishment, that sense of discipline, that consequence of of, of sin. And so a plenary indulgence are, is really the highest grade of an indulgence. A plenary indulgence completely wipes out. Uh, it's made, and we can talk about the, the categories of how to make a plenary, how to, to gain a plenary indulgence. Completely wipes out the, the temporal punishment due to sin. Uh, whereas a partial indulgence, I kind of, as, as the term says, kind of partially uh, wipes out uh, the, the, the the temporal punishment due to uh, that uh, that sin merits. Well, and as we talk about that temporal punishment, uh, number one, you, you, you know, clarified for us, confession is how we, that's the normal means of us having our sins forgiven. That's how we take care of not having that eternal punishment that yep. is uh, dealt to us. Now, the temporal punishment, if we don't deal with that temporal punishment now, if we don't have a way to, or we don't just put the effort into that, 
that will still have to be dealt with. The the attachment to sin that you talked about, that will have to be purged from us before we can yep. enter heaven. And that really leads us to a question of what is purgatory and exactly. that that maybe you can talk a little about that. If we don't deal with it now, we're going to have to deal with it at some time. Yep, and so purgatory once again, indulgences is a word that people say, whoa, and then purgatory is another one of those kind of hot-button issues where when we hear it, we say, whoa, purgatory, really? Um, the first thing to, that's so important to, to recognize with purgatory is if, some, if a soul is in purgatory, they are going to heaven. You know, their sins have been forgiven through the mercy sure. of Jesus yep. Christ. They, they married heaven, so they are going to heaven. I cannot say that enough. It is not a, like a holding tank to hell. It is a, a hallway to heaven of sorts. So that's just so important to, to make, make clear. But purgatory means purification. Purification, it's that sense of we still have uh, perhaps an attachment to sin that it, it, cannot, it cannot enter into the, the, the absolute holiness and purity of heaven. And so what that looks like, there's any number of different comments about what that might look like, uh, um, but it's, it's that sense of, of purification. It's, the soul is going to heaven, so praise God, cannot say that enough, but that sense of, of, of being purified of, uh, of that attachment to, to sin. What that looks like, you know, one of the, one of the kind of the misinterpretations that actually, with when Paul the Sixth um, kind of reopened indulgences in in the in, this, in the 1960s, one of the things that was was made clear is that some of you, if you have kind of old some of those all-star great good Catholic prayer books, many times after certain prayers, it will say 300 days, 500 days, you know, something like that. Like that meant like days off of a purgatory. And you'll notice in the new manual of indulgences, there is no comment on days off of a purgatory. It's simply, as we started this, this segment here, plenary, complete remission of temporal punishment, and partial, partial, meaning not all, but, but some. And the, the important thing is nowadays we don't look at it as 500 days, 300 days, uh, because in, in heaven, in purgatory, there is no, it is the kind of the eternal now. And so we'd use that from maybe an earthly perspective, but it's important to realize that in heaven, you know, there is no you know, days, as we would call, uh, call days. Right, right, yeah. It's it's hard to apply time to an eternal state. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, Father, um, also, we've got a number of calls that are coming in. I'll give out the phone number one more time, 888-914-9149, as we're talking about indulgences today with Father Matthew Witter, our spiritual director, 888 Eric is listening to us in Brownsville, Texas, has a follow-up question regarding purgatory. Hi, Eric, you're on the air with Father Matthew. Uh, hello, Here. hi, Father. Yeah, my follow-up question, you, you pretty much answered it, but just to clarify it, um, with the indulgences granted to those in purgatory, I understand there's no set time, but can it be that indulgences are granted to get people released from purgatory sooner? Great question. Thanks for, for that, that question. That's a great question, because indulgences, as we've mentioned a number of times, they can, they're not for the forgiveness of sins, but they're for that remission of temporal punishment. And this is the key point. We can, we can offer them for, for ourselves or for a soul that, is, that has died. Um, if the soul is in heaven already, you know, praise God. Uh, if the soul is in hell, it, it doesn't do any good. But for a soul in purgatory, that can release them from the temporal punishment. So it's, uh, you're exactly right on, and thanks for, for making that that, that question on that point is that uh, an indulgence can be offered for, a, for a, 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 applied to uh, someone who has died. Thanks for calling in, Eric. Uh, Father, we've got Jeff who's listening to us in St. Louis. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for calling in uh, to The Inner Life today. 
Thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. Father, my question is, uh, every Mercy Sunday, my wife and I do uh, the novena and try and do all the things for that uh, plenary indulgence. Great. And what, what uh, really gets to me, what, what I question is, one of the conditions, I suppose it would be called, of attaining the objective of an indulgence is uh, being not attached to yep. sin. And when I get done with my confession and I've done my Mass and we've done our novena, I've got, <laughs> being the human being that I am, I've yep. got maybe five minutes where I'm free yep. from sin, but being a human being uh, with with certain vices and bad habits, etc., I always question, well, I have an attachment to those sins. So I, I'm wondering if you can help me uh, wade through these weeds. Yep, so first of all, great, great... Uh, First of all, the, the, the indulgence connected to the divine mercy is beautiful, and, and so praise God for your your attention to that. I'm just going to take an, an opportunity right now for all of the listeners just to kind of kind of lay out the, the criteria for um, receiving a plenary indulgence. So there's there's four criteria. The first is to, to to go to confession. The second is to receive communion, to pray for the intentions, and, and then to pray for the intentions uh, of the Pope. And then the, the, the fourth is, is to do the actual work, you know, the, 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 the objective of the, of the indulgence. And then what you commented on, Jeff, which so often we miss, is exactly what you asked about. We also have to have, we can't have an attachment uh, to sin. And, and you're exactly right on. Sometimes that, uh, that, that, that point of it can discourage people because for that very sense, like, oh, I made a confession, I did all these things, and oh, it's, it's, it's still there. And remember that what I would say first and foremost is indulgences are, are they're just an outpouring of God's mercy. It, it's, it's all about God's mercy. And what I, would, what I would really present to you is that just the act of, of going through the indulgence, going to communion, you know, doing the work itself, doing, you know, making a good confession, just those, those acts are, are powerhouses of grace where maybe even after you, you go through it and, oh, I'm still kind of attached I bet you were less attached than when you started, you know. So don't lose, don't lose, uh, don't lose hope on that. It sounds like you have a devotion to to divine mercy. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. My my wife and I uh, just find it very comforting. Uh, yeah, I just I, yeah, you're exactly correct when you say that the church just has a treasure trove full of exactly. tools for us to use. I need to do it more often. But we are we do have an awareness of it. Uh, Saint Therese is part of, a huge part of my wife's life, so Beautiful. we've got some really neat stuff going on. But uh, being human, yep. I, I always want that black and white answer. It's like, okay, I, I've hit the switch. Yeah, and 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 what the church you know says kind of in a specific way is, you know, if you know if if we do have an attachment to sin, if there is an attachment there, it becomes a, a partial indulgence. Um, but that's up to God to, to, to judge. But the point of it is it's not all is lost, you know, so don't think like, oh, gosh, you know, all is lost now. Not at all. The church still attaches um, remission of temporal punishment to that. Um, but, but to your point, and even Pope Paul VI, when he, when he kind of really renewed the, the indulgences in, in the, the late 60s, as he, you know, he said many times it takes even time to, to prepare for a plenary indulgence, just to have that, that sense of, of receiving the indulgence, because the other part of things is I, I can tell just by your, your tone and, and I mean, you're very diligent about um, 
you know, planning to, to go through and receive this, uh, this indulgence. The flip side of indulgence is sometimes it can happen within our church where we kind of look at it as kind of a mechanical type of exercise where I just, you know, do all these things and not necessarily with care or intention. And then we forget about that point of, you know, it's not just doing the things, it's also having that, that sense of being open to God's mercy and not attached to sin. So there's, there's the two sides of it, you know, where we can at other times kind of become too mechanical uh, and forget that, yeah, this is meant to, to change my heart, to change my mind. Great question, Jeff. Thanks for calling in today on The Inner Life. And again, if you're just joining us, our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And we're talking about indulgences today. And when have you received an indulgence? Or maybe you have a question about what an indulgence is or some of those different, um, the different conditions that are required to receive an indulgence, and you'd like to call and ask your question, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, I think we've got time for one more before we need to take a break here. Uh, let's go to Tony, not necessarily exactly about indulgences, but connected to it. And Tony, I think it's a great question. Thanks for calling in today. Uh, Tony's listening to us from New York City. Hey, Tony. How are you doing, Father? Good, good. good. Very good. Okay, I'm a uh, Catholic, of course, full Catholic. Um, I go to take the Eucharist every day. I go to church every day. And I went to four major confessions. I haven't gone back until mortal sin, you know. And I was wondering the indulgence would be wiped off on that. I, I don't know if I completely understood the, the question. So you're, um, you said you're going to Mass every day. You, you've gone right. to confession. And... Uh, and so the question was, is, you know, is... I haven't repeated my sins that I did in the past. Praise God. So first of all, yeah. praise God. Um, God's yeah. mercy. Oh, God's yeah, it mercy, came into me. Yes, God. Well, you know, so God's mercy is working in your life. And so praise God. And what it, what it sounds like you've been doing in, in going to, to Mass, to confession, is you know, you've been, like, your heart has been purified, and you've been open to receiving uh, God's grace. And even when we talk about, um, you know, temporal punishments and, and things like this, it's also important to realize that, you know, indulgences are not, and maybe this is kind of what you're getting at, indulgences are not the only way that, in which temporal punishment is, is taken away. Um, you know, obviously, it's, it's, it's God's judgment. I, I can't say all the different things, but, but that point of, is, are indulgences the only way? They're not, but they're one of the, the great gifts that the, that the Church gives us. Tony, thanks so much. I'm sorry, go ahead, Father. I was just going to add, just in terms of that, that purification, many times um, suffering and offering our suffering oh, right. Redemptive suffering. Is, you know, is, is a powerhouse. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Tony, uh, I, I, yeah, you know, I <laughs> I wish I was at the same place that you are, that right. I'm not confessing <laughs> the same sins every time I go to confession. Um, that just sounds like you really have received that grace to be able to uh, let go of those attachments to sin. So thanks for calling into the program today. And again, our, our line to call in and talk with Father Matthew Witter, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, we do need to 
to take a quick pause here in the program, but we're going to be back with more as we talk about indulgences. And we'll also talk about some of the indulgences that we are able to receive. Um, You know, we've talked about the conditions, but how do you receive those? And there are some different uh, available indulgences available to us that are coming up here, uh, available right now or coming up this next month. So we'll talk about that right after the break here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and pastor of four different parishes in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and today talking about indulgences and how we understand them, what they are, how they help us grow in our faith, how they help us to not have that attachment to sin. And when have you received an indulgence, and has it helped you to let go of those attachments to sin? Uh, Are indulgences confusing? Do you have maybe a question that you'd like to ask? Our studio line, 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. And uh, Father, let's talk about some of the different uh, indulgences that are available or will be available very soon. Um, And it might be good, again, just to go through for us um, in each of these the conditions one more time, if you wouldn't mind repeating those, just if anybody's joined us, what are the conditions to receive an indulgence in just almost any and all cases? Yep. So to receive a a plenary indulgence, there's really five maybe different parts of it. The first is to make a, make a confession. Usually the church will say within, you know, eight days plus or minus of the, when the actual, um, the work of the indulgence is done. So to confession, to go to communion on the day that, um, that you, that you look to receive the indulgence. Uh, the next is to pray for the intentions of the Pope. Usually this is satisfied by praying the Our Father and the Hail Mary. And then the, the other condition is to actually do the, to do the work of the in, indulgence. So, for example, coming up in the, the month of November is that there's a, there's a special uh, indult, plenary indulgence related to, to All Souls Day by, where by visiting a, a cemetery, and praying for the deceased there, an indulgence can be received. So that would be an example of a work that can be done. And then the, the other, as, as mentioned by, by Jeff a little bit earlier in, in a call, is that there has to be a, 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 a detachment from a sin. So confession, communion, prayers for the, the Pope and the, his intentions, the actual work of the indulgence itself, and then a detachment from, from sin. Uh, a partial indulgence is more or less just doing the the work of it without the confession and 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 um, receiving the Eucharist like and yep. sure yeah so uh, let's let's talk about a couple of things with that then um, number one you mentioned that related to All Souls Day and for people who are familiar with this indulgence it typically is only available for people during the first week of November, but last year, and this has also been now the Vatican said this is in effect for this year too, because of COVID, because of the pandemic, the Vatican has extended that period 
from not just being the first week of November, but the entire month of November. So you could go to a cemetery anytime during the month of November, pray for the dead along with these other conditions, and receive a plenary indulgence. Let me ask you, is that something where we can go every single day? If I, if I drive and on my drive to or from work, I pass a cemetery regularly, and I stop in and I pray for the dead. Am I able to receive 30 indulgences that I can, whether for myself or applying them for the souls in purgatory, can I receive one every single day? Uh, you, actually, you actually could. Now, you actually could. The, there's a great, if anyone really wants to kind of get into indulgences and different types of indulgences, there's if you search for the manual of indulgences, it gives a kind of a list of all of them. But what, what the kind of criteria will say is a single confession suffices for sub, for gaining several plenary indulgences. Oh, sure. so you don't have yeah. to go. You know, it doesn't mean you visit the cemetery. Okay, I've got to find a priest to go to confession uh, on whatever day of the week it, it might be. Um, but but you would have to go to mass. So the intent would be to go also to to mass and to pray to for the intention to the pope uh, so to go to daily mass. You would not okay. have to go to confession every single day, but um, you would want to make that in, that intent of uh, um, of getting to, to daily mass. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, Father. A couple other ones that I think might be worth mentioning too. We still have a little over a month left in this year that was declared by Pope Francis last December as the year of St. Joseph. So if anybody uh, does an act of devotion to St. Joseph, that's another way to receive an indulgence. And then um, another one that. I remember hearing about years ago, and I thought, wow, this is fantastic. If you keep a holy hour, if you go and spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament in Eucharistic adoration, you can receive an indulgence simply by spending at least 30 minutes there in front of the Eucharist. Yep, and and just to—you're touching on something really key, Josh, because what you'll notice with indulgences is they're really things that are kind of the everyday— Kind of devotional practice of of Catholics, of of you know spending thirty minutes in front of the Blessed Sacrament has a plenary indulgence attached to it. Spending thirty minutes of reading the Scriptures has a plenary indulgence attached attached to it. Praying the Rosary has a plenary indulgence attached, and so it's really the Church is giving us this this kind of sense of of not take, kind of taking these extraordinary things that just are impossible, but it's meant to be an act of, of God's mercy and, and really making a family consecration even has a, a, an indulgence attached to it. But with, with St. Joseph, exactly what you're, what you're touching on is there are some specific indulgences related to the, the year of, of St. Joseph. One, um, entrusting one's daily work to the protection of St. Joseph, meditating for 30 minutes on the, on the Lord's Prayer um, with the St. Joseph in mind. And so there are, you can go online and, and you, can say, you can search St. Joseph uh, indulgences, and what you'll probably notice is that none of the indulgences, in and of itself, are kind of just maybe overbearing and crushing because it's they're meant to to kind of open our minds to these spiritual practices. But they're they're an act of God's mercy, and the Church, right. especially when we talk about indulgences, wants to freely give God's mercy uh, away to us, and so they're not meant to be these things that are just you know um, unaccessible or impossible. Um, I know when we talk about attachment to sin, we say, yep, yep, i got to work on that. But it's that sense of they're meant to be just even examples of just the everyday piety of, of, a, of, a, of a practicing Catholic. Yeah. No, I think that's wonderful uh, to, to just point that out. Hopefully there are things some, you know, many of us are doing already in our faith exactly. lives. 
And uh, we just all of a sudden find out, oh, <laughs> guess what? I can also qualify for this. And yeah, it, it, it doesn't make it mechanical, like you said. You know, there's that danger of falling into that, that trap there. But hopefully it's something where we're already engaged in that relationship yeah. with Christ and we can live it out in our lives. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Margaret, who's listening to us in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Margaret. Thanks for calling into the inner life today. Hi, hey, Margaret. thanks for having me. Hi. Um, I was just thinking as I was driving in, you know, I always think about the indulgences and purgatory. I think sometimes people get confused as to how that works, but I think about indulgences as it's like a, it's like a health practice for your spiritual health. And just like God has created our bodies that, you know, if we do certain things, we, we're healthier. Just, you know, it's not, a, it's not like a prize that you win for doing something good. It's just the way you're built. And I think that we're built for our our spiritual body that we're shared together. Like we're all one body in Christ. And so the people in purgatory, the souls in purgatory are part of the spiritual body. So if we do something that is beneficial to that spiritual body and we open ourselves to share that, it's it's the same thing as if you were giving a blood transfusion. If you're giving your healthy blood to help somebody who's short of it, that helps their health um, physically on earth. And that's what we're doing when we do an indulgence and we offer that up to, to souls in purgatory, we're, we're sharing our physical health, our, we're sharing our spiritual health with them, and that helps, that helps the health of the whole body. That's, that's what I think of anyway. So I don't know if that's really right, but it helps me. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful image. I was, I, was, I was connecting to it because there is a, you're right, there is a natural, the natural law of the body where there are certain foods or certain practices that we're, if, we, if we use them, we're going to, we're going to get healthier, and sometimes there's practices that if we are sick, they kind of speed up our our recovery. And an indulgence is is just that. You know, a soul that's that's in purgatory, they are they will be in heaven at some point. That's that's not the issue. But what does an indulgence do? But it's kind of that the booster shot uh, of of God's mercy and God's love that um, that kind of speeds up that uh, that process. I, I like that image a lot. Thanks so much for calling in, Margaret. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149, as we talk with Father Matthew Witter today about indulgences. And Father Christina, she's listening in New Jersey. And Christina, thanks for calling in today. You're on the air. Hi, how are you? Hey, Christina, good. Um, I just wanted to say that on October 15th of this month, I was blessed enough to go to the relics, treasures of the church, the relics, um... They were passing through New Jersey, and I've wonderful. seen Father Carlos. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's wonderful. Just wonderful. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I was able to see them before my sacramental marriage a couple of years ago, but I couldn't receive an indulgence because I wasn't married in the church yet. But when he came back around, I took that advantage, and I was struggling with some things in my life. But um, when he really opened up that when we go to confession and we confess a sin, and we don't get rid of the item that helps us sin. It's like invalid. So the next day I, I threw everything out that was in my house that wasn't of God or che- teaching of the church. And it, it just has been helping me ever since. So like now daily mass is like in a routine again. Um, I'm going back to the Blessed Mother and rosaries. But I'm just very happy that the Catholic Church allows the relics to go around because I think they're going to be in New York for a while. So anyone listening, look up their schedule. Really did help me. And the story of Maria B just always pierces my heart. Mm. So that's what I wanted to call in and say. Yeah, that's a beautiful testimony, Christian. The the priest that heard your confession was was right on. There's 
you know, to make a good confession, we have to have contrition and that intent to sin no more. And he's exactly right. If there's certain items within our house that are causing us to sin, uh, it goes hand in hand. That if we have intent not to sin anymore, and there's an item that we know that is causing us to sin, get rid of it. And so that that's a, a great uh, a great testimony. Christina, thanks so much for the call today. And Father, let's try and get one more call in before the end of the hour. David's calling from Texas. Hi, David. Uh, got just a few seconds for you, but a great question. Sure. So my question is, um, you mentioned earlier that we can gain indulgences just by doing normal, everyday um, Catholic things. Can you gain the indulgence and not know it's an indulgence? You know, I don't know if you, that makes sense. That's a great question. It'd be it'd be impossible to gain a, a plenary indulgence without realizing because of of how specific you know the, the different criteria are. But the partial indulgence, there are many things exactly that are that are part of the the, the kind of the the the, the actions of a, of a practicing Catholic. Where I would just make it a, a point of you know of, of saying you know I'm doing this practice. I'd like to, to apply it for um, this particular soul. So even to just be a little bit more intentional. But I feel like with partial partial indulgences, yep, there's there's that healing process that is that is certainly taking taking place. David, thanks for your call, and uh, Father Matthew, boy, a lot of interest and qu- uh, questions, curiosity about indulgences. We might have to visit this again sometime before next. Halloween (laughs) next year. Um, As people are listening, as we uh, wind up the hour here, uh, is there anything, any resource that you might point them to if they want to learn more about indulgences or different indulgences that are available through the course of the year? You know, a really good resource would be the the manual of indulgences that was put out by the Apostolic Penitentiary and then accepted by the United States Conference of Bishops. So manual of indulgences, what's great about it is you can see it's one of those things. There's the indulgences that are that are talked about, but then also just the prayers, and just it kind of gives us ideas of oh boy, those are things that that I should be doing uh, in my faith, and, and ways of expanding our imagination of, of ways of practicing the faith. Um, so the manual of indulgences is it might be maybe a little bit too technical, but it's it's accessible uh, online for free, and it's a, it's a great way to uh, to be exposed to. The different uh, criteria of indulgences, but then just the different ideas of, uh, of indulgences. Excellent. Thanks so much for that recommendation, Father. And in our remaining uh, minute here, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour? Yep. So we pray, Lord, we thank you for just the great treasury of the Church. We thank you for the saints, the merits of our dear Blessed Mother Mary and St. Joseph. Most of all, Lord, we thank you for your saving power that you've poured out upon us. We ask you, Jesus, that you would open the treasury of heaven, the treasury of the church, and pour out your grace and your mercy upon each of us. May God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Matthew Witter, our spiritual director for the hour. And, uh, of course, if you missed any portion of the program, podcast available later this afternoon. You can find it at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Coming up on Monday, we're going to talk All Saints Day. Who's your favorite saint? We're going to be talking with a different Father Matthew. Father Matthew Spencer will join us for that Monday program, so I hope you tune in then. Of course, stay tuned because Mass is coming up next. Father Edward Looney is the celebrant, and then stay tuned. After that, we have The Faith Explained, and of course, Father Richard Simon on Father Simon Says. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and a blessed weekend, and enjoy celebrating Halloween, and of course, keep 
your focus on the fact that it's All Saints Eve, All Hallows Eve. Have a great day.